Hey, I'm Ben Jenkins, and this is Mentel. Mentel is a podcast all about shining a light on men's mental health. It's about the importance of talking about it and about helping men feel open, free, and safe to talk. Our hope is that it can help you manage your mental health and to recognize the important benefits of opening up, sharing, and connecting. There are so many great people doing such great things to raise awareness for men's mental health, advocating for change in how we approach it, and helping to break down the stigma that men need to tough it out and keep their personal struggles under wraps. You'll hear from some of them right here. So let's pick up the conversation. I was very lucky that I was then asked to do a show called Man Up on the ABC. I can't tell you boys how many people come up to me every single week and say that show saved my life and I stand there and talk and there's always a tear in my eye and it's always very emotional. For over 10 years, Gus Warland has graced the airwaves on both radio and TV, including in the ABC series Man Up, where Gus sought to break the silence around male suicide and to challenge the idea of what it means to be a man. Gus then went on to start the not-for-profit foundation Gotcha for Life, with the primary aim of reversing the tide of declining mental health and reducing the rate of suicide throughout Australia. I have to say that when I knew we were going to chat to Gus, I was super excited. He wears his heart on his sleeve and is a man on a mission close to my heart. So let's bring him in and say good day. Gus Warland, thank you so much for joining us and, and welcome to the Mentel podcast. Boys, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. The first time I think you came into my view, I saw you in a very different TV uh, doco called An Aussie Goes Bolly with your mate Hugh Jackman and uh, <laughs> An Aussie Goes Calypso. And you're obviously a massive cricket fan and sports fan, as, as most of our listeners would know. Um, <laughs> but the next time I saw you on telly uh, was in the Man Up series and the circumstances there were, were, were very different. Between the two of those experiences, obviously life changed uh, dramatically for you. Can you talk to me a bit about the Man Up series, um, but firstly, the events that, that, that drove you to shine a light on men's mental health in the way that you have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, for me, I was on Breakfast Radio in Sydney on the Grill Team, and it was a very blokey show. And I think probably when we started, if I brought up in a planning meeting, I'd like to talk about mental health. Hmm. I'd like to talk about feelings and emotions. I would have been howled out. But yeah, um, and everyone would have said, no, no, it's not the show. This is the show for everyone to come and have a laugh and enjoy themselves and forget about their worries. But a few years later, I did speak about a friend of mine that had taken his own life, a bloke that I adored, I loved. He's very much a father figure to me. And Seemed from the outside to be very much ticking all the boxes, happily married, children, good job, seemed to be well connected and the whole bit. And uh, when he took his life, it absolutely rocked me. And I spoke about that on air and it was incredible, The um, our audience, the Triple M audience at the time and people online just being so beautiful about that and so op- open to me and, and talking about their own experiences. And um, I, I was very lucky that uh, I was then asked to do a show called Man Up on the ABC. A lady was looking for a person who had a story to host the show and her sons actually listened to the grill team. They used to sit in the car with their mum on the way to school listening to the grill team and right. they said, this bloke mum, this bloke mum would be <laughs> quite good at doing that. And so I, I thank those boys all the time for get, getting me the gig. And, yeah. and it was a gig very much at the start. It was just a job and then... I suppose we had 56 days filming, 20 days filming in. I just said, this is going to be 
something that's going to change my life and uh, not just my life in a positive way, but it's going to throw me some curveballs and it's going to put me in a place where I'm extremely emotional and you better you better fire up for this, Gus. And talk to myself every time we went into the studio or any time we went filming. It was just such an extraordinary uh, crew and a beautiful story. And for me, it was a it was a journey of why my friend had taken his own life. And then I soon realized it wasn't just my friend. It's actually so many Aussies, yeah. and so many Pommies and so many Yanks. There's so many blokes from America and the UK going through the same thing. And um, it changed my life. And we've given it away now to 70 odd million people have watched it. Um, I can't tell you boys how many people come up to me every single week and say that show saved my life. And I stand there and talk and, there's always a tear in my eye and it's always very emotional. And I'm like, it's such a real show. It's such an honest show. And that's what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be completely real. And uh, that's why people liked it. And I know it saved some lives, which is great. So um, that show was four years ago now. And it's yeah. about time we made another one, I reckon. I, you reckon yeah. I can get the funding from anyone to do a, <laughs> a such a moving, emotional show? They're, they run to the hills. So I'm... Uh, yeah. I'm out there all the time trying to say, hey, this is what Australia needs right now is another one. Yeah. We need to learn what it takes to be a man today compared to what it was in the past. Yeah, we just need to keep talking about it. You're so right. I can you know, empathise with you on the, uh, on the effects of, of suicide. When I was in my early to mid-20s, my, my best mate's brother took his own life. And um, for both of us, I mean, obviously for my, for my mate especially, because they were very close, um, his life has obviously changed uh, dramatically. I mean, it's just, it, it puts a, you know, a sort of splinter in the time-space continuum. That's, that's it. Your life is, this is the path from here. Yes. And I know for me as well, that changed my life forever because I was so close to him and then so close to his family. And, you know, around that same time, it was, you know, it was quite a strange time. You know, both of our fathers passed away you know, at a similar uh, time to each other around there. And, you know, I think we were so young, we didn't, we just didn't have the tools to be able to, to navigate that time, you know, and 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 that sort of left a lot of unresolved trauma, particularly for me, that I, you know, sort of um, uh, navigated later in life, you know, in the last sort of, you know, five to ten years, because uh, that was all 20 years ago. Yes. But for me, it's like, you know, it really, it really uh, um, made it completely aware to me that, you know, it's so important to get uh, men talking as boys about this kind of subject of, about trauma and you know the impacts that it can have and and men's mental health and the effects of masculinity on men on men's mental health that the work that you're doing is you know it's so admirable to kind of to to spread that word for me it's it's sort of what we weren't taught i mean i'm 51 so mm, my dad mm. i can't remember the last time my dad actually told me he loved me or gave mm. me a cuddle, not that I never thought for a moment that he didn't love me, um, but it just wasn't his way. And that was what he was taught by granddad, his father. Mm. Um, it was, we've been growing up with this stereotypical Australian bloke, of she'll be right, mate, I don't need any help. Mm. Put everything on my shoulders and I'll carry you guys forward. That BS, that stereotype has been killing us because mm. the number one way to die now is an Australian male aged between... 15 and 44 is suicide and the numbers mm. under those uh, under that age group and above those age group are also out of control and I'm hearing from health departments that um, coronavirus is going to have a 50% increase in 
suicide. So mm. whatever we're doing, we're not doing something right. And I think one of the most important things is education of kids in schools, but also men in total, any male, anywhere they want, whether it's online or at a sporting club or at a surf club or somewhere where men can all get together and be sponges and take on mm. the information that we weren't taught when we really needed it. And, um, you know, that's what Gotcha for Life does now and we'll continue to do that until we have zero suicides. And it's as simple as that. One suicide is too many. It's a huge, bold statement, but why should we accept anything less than zero? And that's finding a mate that you can talk to, mm. have a conversation of gravity and let each other know it's okay not to be okay and I've got your back no matter what. I love you, brother. I yeah. I just want to be your best mate. We're, we're, we're turning you know, mates into proper friends. And that's, that's, that's going to help us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Geez, that, that makes me emotional hearing that, you know, I love your brother. I got your brother. Well, it's, it's a deepness, isn't it? I mean, we're so yeah. superficial at times and we talk about mateship in Australia and I love being an Australian male. Nothing makes me mm. happier. And when you go overseas, people hear your accent. There's such a positivity that yeah. comes with it, but it's about time we, we, we go away from banter and have at least one friend where you can have a conversation where it's a bit more important than just the news, the traffic, the the sport, the, the what's happening at work. It's just when I talk to Australian blokes and go, I don't want to be that whinging bloke. I don't want to be that guy that talks and brings everyone down. I don't want to be that whinger. I want to deal with stuff myself. It's like mm. it doesn't mean you have to tell everyone everything that's going on. You don't have to burst into tears every five minutes or yeah. have a deeper, meaningful conversation. It's finding one person mm. that you've got that deeper, richer relationship with. And when things are starting to get a bit funny, starting to get a bit dark, you say, hey, I need your help. And um, we, we need to ask, we need to teach blokes how to ask for help. And then we also need to, just as importantly, teach blokes how to listen when they are to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And I think often though, it's like, you know, if you do have that, have that mate or, you know, there is another organization you can turn to, to find someone to talk to. Um, but particularly with, with your mates though, I think, you know, when you do open up there, you find that it's not as scary as you thought it was going to be, you know, you, you, you do, you do sort of crack the bottle open and, and you'll find that, that they'll, they'll talk back, you know, if you sit there and persist, um, you know, you're going to be able to have a conversation about it. Of course. I mean, it's always worse in your own mind. Always. Yeah. Every problem yeah. I've ever had, thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I wonder how people are going to react to that. I wonder if I say no, if people are going to think that I'm, you know, not accepting of their of them and what they're trying to do. And it's mm. it really is just such a head knock, continually having those thoughts in your head. And they're always negative. You never get the right outcome and it's normally a negative one. So for me, it's all about um, just getting those words out there, no matter how vulnerable and how hard it is. It's always mm. better once those words are out. And if you have to have a tough conversation or has to make you a bit uncomfortable, you have to sit in a bit of silence. Well, we learn we have to learn how to do that because at the moment, any sort mm. of silence, we fill it with, with, with a bit of banter, don't we? So yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we need to learn how to do that just like anything I, I talk about mental fitness rather than mental mm. health i love that i love that building mental fitness i, I read that on the on the gotcha for life website i love that's it. right and it's like it just gives it a more positive connotation you go okay well let's look at our own physical fitness give yourself a mark out of 10 you know and i'm at the moment on the on a on a bit of a campaign losing weight and so forth so i'll probably say i'm a six or seven out of 10, let's say. I know mm. that there's a whole lot of exercises and a whole lot of things that I can do to get myself more physically fit. Why don't we just talk about mental fitness in the same way? Give yourself a number out of 10, 
and then work on things to get yourself to a 10 out of 10. And you may never get there, but give yourself that chance and give yourself an understanding that we're always a work in progress and you're allowed to have shit days. You're allowed to have bad days. You're allowed to have bad times. Mm. But if you've got someone that you're talking to and you're working on yourself and you're a work in progress and you give yourself that little bit of a break, um, throw away perfect, then you're more of a chance to get through it and realise you're part of a very dysfunctional community that is bumbling and fumbling away the best that they possibly can and you're just a part of it. So throw away Instagram and perfection and just be real. Yeah, that's a, that's the, one of those keys, isn't it? Perfection, I think, is... As blokes, um, we're always trying to be perfect, do the right thing, make sure no one's, you know, not happy, make sure our our family is, you know, is provided for in the best way, that we have the the perfect job. And, you know, it seems that that is one of those, um, you know, where it's a bit of a paradox, you know, because blokes are there trying to achieve those things because they think it makes things better. But then they end up being so unhappy and, and so much less content in life. Exactly right. And that goes back to the stereotype again, because that's what we were taught is being mm. successful. That's what we were taught is the right thing to do. So there's nothing wrong with having a crack and having resilience and working hard and wanting things and stuff. No one's saying that's not good, but mm. having someone to talk to when those things aren't exactly aligning is the key. And yeah. for blokes to have a bit more emotional muscle for when a trauma does come, where there's a separation or a loss of a job or COVID, for instance, has knocked, bloke, knocked blokes for six. Yeah, so we've yeah. just got to have a bit more emotional muscle to be able to get through those moments which really test you. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, again, I love, I love those, all those terms that you use there for gotcha for life, emotional muscle, building mental fitness. Yeah. Um, it just, it really feels like, uh, that's a, a sort of way to kind of get uh, get to blokes as well because uh, that language seems to be important, you know. When I talk to blokes about about mental fitness, they understand it more. When I go mm. out, I was out last week with Freddie Fittler and the New South Wales Blues, the yep. old players. We went to Dubbo and Orange and Maitland and next week we're off to the Riverina. And when the boys are out there on the field playing and they're doing the skills and the clinics and stuff with, the, with, the, with these old superstars, they're just buzzing. The communication is incredible. They're working. They're fit. They're virile. They're, they're just ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And then I talk to them about, well, how much are you looking after yourselves with that sort of communication off the field? You know, have you grabbed a couple of your mates and said, hey, I'm, I've got your back off the field as well as on the field? Are you picking picking up each other on the way to training? Are you If a bloke's finishing at 6 o'clock and he hasn't got a chance to have a decent feed, are you grabbing a bit of lasagna from home that your mum's made? And saying, hey, man, here I am, I'm thinking of you. Just these little connections where people are thinking of you and caring for you yeah. are just so important in building a team, whether it is a sporting team or building your own community or your family or your friendship group or whether it's a corporation. All these little things are all exactly the same. It's, I believe suicide is a death of loneliness. It's a mm. death of lack of connection. You feel like you're completely on your own. Yeah. So we're saying to people, don't worry alone. Have someone's back. Take some responsibility for your team and um, and fire up. And a lot of blokes like that much better, that type of way of talking about it rather than mental health and talking about, you know, things with sort of zen and yoga and, you know, those sort of wordings just switch so many old school blokes off. Yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. it doesn't work with certain Aussie blokes, and it will, but you've just got to pick your, um, you've got to pick your right words for your right crowd. 
Yeah, absolutely. I was watching um, something uh, the other day. It was on uh, on ABC iView, uh, A Few Good Blokes, and writer Jack is highlighted in one of those episodes yeah. who, who works for Tomorrow Man, who you, who you were associated with as well. Yes. And that was, was great in that. First of all, he's just so articulate about about um, this subject, and his, his his honesty and vulnerability is is incredible. I've I've never seen anyone talk about this this stuff quite like he does. But you know, he was out there. He plays footy with his mates, and they regularly get out there on the weekend and and, and play footy together. But then yeah. they've made it uh, you know a mandatory that they all stop. They play footy there. They they get rugged. You know, they knock each other about. Then they sit down at the pub and they have a beer and they talk about what's going on in their lives, whether that's, yeah. you know, everybody talks about something, whether it's good or something, whether it's bad, and they're able to be open and honest and sit there and have a and have a good chat about it. And that shows that, you know, that those two great sides of, of, of masculinity that we, uh, you know, we should be promoting. It's okay to be, you know, that rug, rugged, you know, rough, rough kind of guy, but then it's also just as important to be able to open up and be vulnerable. It takes all types to be a man. It takes all types to be a woman. And, you know, you've just got to find your crew and you've got to work your own way out. But that's what I love about Ryder is that, you know, he's got both sides to him and he is, like you say, very articulate and getting his point across. But, you know, he's an an incredible facilitator as all Mm. the guys at Tomorrow Man and Tomorrow Woman are, which is why we support them as much as we we did. I first met Tom Harkin, Ryder's boss, during the Man Up series. He had a school visit to my son's school, which is a pretty rough and rugged school. You could say I, I drove past it one day and thought it was a, from a uh, from the set of Shawshank Redemption. I really did. <laughs> um, but it all worked itself out really beautifully. And Tom's day with my son, my son still talks about four years on, that was the best day of education that he ever had. And uh, I said that day, I want to get a 1,000 Tom Harkins oh, out yeah. into schools teaching boys what it takes to be a man today compared to perhaps what we've been told in the past. And Ryder is one of those Toms that has come on since then. I'm so proud of, of that. I'm so proud that yeah. you know we're raising funds all the time to get more of those facilitators out there because um, this problem's not going away and COVID's made it even worse. So mm. um, you know we need to just keep working very, very hard. Yeah, yeah, we do definitely. And I, I saw Tom Harkin uh, speak at a Movember Speakeasy event. I think it was last year, and he was incredible. He actually just gotten off the plane from New York, so he was he was totally <laughs> he was totally stuffed. But he yeah. he was still got up there and and faci- facilitated an amazing session. And then one of those things was the um, step to the line. You know, I, I remember walking oh, over yeah. and there was a line taped around the room and had yeah. no idea what it was for. And then, you know, he got up and, and said, okay, we're going to do a little something here. And I, again, went with my best mate who I mentioned before um, and we were face-to-face with each other and you, you get posed questions and, uh, you know, it's step to the line. If you've, if you've cried in the last month and I had to step to the line and then, you know, he kept reducing that number and he was like, step to the line if you've, if you've cried in the last 24 hours. And my mate stepped to the line in front of me and, yeah. and I, I didn't know a thing about that. And that's... The most awesome bonding experience for you and your mate. Absolutely. Like I'm tearing up hearing you talk about that. I, I get misty eyed because yeah. it's like, how can that bond between you and your best mate ever be mucked around now? Like you're sharing stuff that yeah. no yeah. one else would share. And imagine if he didn't have an opportunity to share that and he just bottled that up like we, we're told to as we're growing up. Imagine he didn't have that night and then another thing happened, he bottled that up and then mm. something else happened two weeks later and he bottles that up. That's enough for some blokes at times, you know. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. Um, to then really make a bad decision or go down a path that's that's you know such a it, it's such a sadness um mm. that a temporary problem is affected by something that you can't take back yeah absolutely 
Um, I, yeah, also when I was, I was looking at the Gotcha for Life website, there were some stats on there. You mentioned a, a couple of stats um, before just talking about, um, going back to talking about losing people by suicide. And, you know, some of those stats were, were pretty intense when I, when I read them, you know, talking that 75% of people who die by suicide are typically male. And, you know, as I think you mentioned before, as the leading cause of death um, of Aussies between 15 and, and 44 and losing something like eight people a day. Yeah. Well, that was pre-COVID. So, you know, those numbers those numbers have gone up. We've lost over 100 people to COVID and over 1,100 to suicide wow. at the same time. So, you know, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to work out that we've got a massive problem and issue in this country and COVID has certainly added to it, but mm. we had a massive problem well before that. Yeah. I mean, what do you think the, the, with the lockdown and COVID and, and, and this period, what, what do you think, you know, is going to come from that? What, what else are we going to be facing there? I mean, obviously we've got, you know, there's other, others, you know, other uh, things that men are so tied to, like, you know, their career and, and, and feeling like their career is their, is their dead set purpose in life. That's obviously yeah. one thing, but what are the, other problems you think we're going to be facing there? I mean, communication has been difficult at the same time as well. That's right. You hit the nail on the head. It's purpose. You know, I think every person needs to get up in the morning, have a purpose to get on and do things. And uh, a lot of blokes' purposes have been taken away. Um, and that's a real struggle now. Then that gives them great anxiety around whether finding they can get that job back or whether that job will even be there when COVID is over or whether they're at an age or have a skill set to be able to get employed and get money and stuff. And that's just the link then from purpose into actual what you need to put food on the table and then the feeling of being um, the, the guy that is going to um, look after his family because that's traditionally what we've been told to do. There's just so much stuff going on and there's so much uncertainty and this uncertainty is where blokes go down a really ordinary path and start using drugs and alcohol and that doesn't help us at all. So I've got a feeling, you know, I was worried about September but that now the job keeper and job seeker mm. have been... Um, you know, uh, uh, made made to go for another few months. It's just going to put the problem out to early 2021. But, mm. you know, what are the government meant to do? You know, every yeah. life is important and they're trying their best. And um, I think they've done a pretty good job when you think about um, all the other dramas that are around the world and other governments and leaders and how they've been leading through, you know, yeah. really unprecedented times. But, yeah, I'm very, very concerned about the... the the mental fitness of, of Aussies full stop men and women moving forward and uh, what this new world will look like once 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 we get out of this because you know if you're listening to this in Victoria now it's just like it was in the first wave and mm. I'm here in New South Wales and I'm still going to meetings and I'm still you know walking every morning with my mates and there's cafes you can sit down and have brekkie and stuff but you know who knows you know when when that might stop so yeah a lot of uncertainty brings a lot of anxiety and and depression yeah definitely i was going to ask you before about you know what what is it that uh that gus warland does to keep on top of his mental fitness you <laughs> talked about going for a walk with your mates there but uh yeah what else is I mean, there it's that's... pretty simple pretty mm. simple stuff for me i mean i was on brecky radio for 10 and a half years and i finished that last november and i was 146 and a half kilos and i said mm. right well i'm 51 now so probably best not to to continue doing go down that path so I basically said, right, I'm going to lose some weight and start moving a little bit more and making some better choices with my food. So I've lost 28 kilos so far, and that has been a combination of getting up every morning at 5.30, even through the, the start of COVID, and just getting up and going for a walk, uh, whether it's by myself or with mates, depending on what the uh, regulations were at the time. Um, just mm. get moving and 
if I'm eating well, then I'm thinking better and I'm more likely to make better choices. And I, I, I'm not very good on my own. I do love having company. So I've got three children. Um, they've all got partners. Um, two of those partners are old enough to sleep over. So yeah. our house is always pretty full. Yeah. Um, my wife and I love having the table full. And through COVID, we had a full house, but it was lovely. And there was movie nights and there was takeaway food coming in and board games yeah. and um, yeah, it was really, really fun in a lot of ways, but um, we had to try to make the most of it. But for me, it's surround myself with like-minded people, um, knowing full well that I can burst into tears if I want to, yeah. and I'll have people to put my arm around me or be that person for someone else or just talk rubbish, talk sport, yeah. talk jokes, talk life. Um, you know, as long as I'm communicating, I'm feeling good. And at the moment, um, you know, I'm very sad for what we're going through and I'm very sad for... Fundraising, because God for life, God for life, unfortunately, has been mm -hmm. hammered with everything. Yeah. We had the bushfires beforehand where everyone was very generous and rightly so. So it's a matter of just bunkering down a bit at the moment, looking after your own little village and um, and getting through it the best you can. And let's see what, what comes out of this at the end of COVID. But we'll be there. We'll be there building mental fitness and helping Aussies and trying to get down to, uh, to zero with the suicide rate. Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, very admirable. Yeah. You've got your gotcha for life. Obviously, absorbs a lot of your time. Yeah. Where to next for for you from here? Is it is it in, increasing uh, efforts there, or have you got other things on the horizon? I've got a couple of things on the horizon. I do the cricket tragic on Fox Cricket, which is like a half hour fun show about like putting putting the arms around the game of cricket, mm -hmm. and I enjoy filming that. Got a good crew that do that with. I do. Saturday mornings on Triple M, Dead Set Legends with yeah. Jude Bolton and Wendell Saylor, which is a great, I really need that balance in my life because what I do with Gotcha is so emotional. Um, yeah. And it's not just the talking around mental fitness and stuff. It's it's the guys and the girls and the mums and the dads that come up to me after I do a chat and they tell me their personal story, mm -hmm. um, which I'm very happy to talk about, but they're always so emotional. And uh, I find it very difficult to get rid of that emotion. Uh, yeah. I carry it around for a little while. So I drive away from functions and I'm just like, oh, wow, you know, I already feel for that person. I feel for that situation. So that's just my character. So I need to get better at that. But um, if I can keep the balance of a bit of media, a bit of telly um, and my radio and then throw myself into Gotcha for Life, I reckon that'll be that'll be, be me for the next 20 years. Um and that will probably see me out. And hopefully by then we would have seen a curve yeah. away from, you know, these high suicide rates. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yes, definitely. Fingers crossed. Okay. I think uh, I think we've we've come to the end of, of, uh, of what we wanted to talk about with you. Um, thank you again so much for your time. I just have one question that I like to ask everyone at the end of uh, every interview. Of course. And that's if our listeners could choose to do one thing today to improve their mental health, uh, what would you suggest? I would suggest to get a pen and paper out and write down a, a couple of lists. The first list is who do you think are your gotcha for life mates? Who do you think is in your world that you can call up anytime, have a warts and all conversation with? They won't judge you. They'll just listen and they'll love you. Write down a list of those people. Once you've got the list of those people, ring them all up and tell them that you love them. Mm. Tell them that you're thinking about them and tell them that you can't wait to catch up. Mm. And then 
verbalize that or put it in a text or put it in an email, somehow verbalize all that and send it to that group of people. Make that connection. Let them know that you love them. And believe me, you'll give them a thrill that you've thought about them and you give yourself a thrill when you get something back. Someone saying, I love you too, brother, or I'm thinking about you too. It's just, I honestly believe I've said it before, suicide is the death of loneliness. Keep your Mm. connections, learn who your best mates are and make that commitment to them that you love them. Um, Old school ways of doing stuff like, oh, I never told someone I love them, but they know I love them. No, that's bullshit. It's time to put a line in the sand and say, no more. I'm going to look after my village. I'm going to look after the people that that I love and I'm going to tell them. And it means getting out of control sometimes a little bit. It's, it's, It's throwing yourself out there, waiting to see what you're going to get back. But you know, if that's what, if, if you think they're important to you, let them know. Mm. None of this sort of, you know, keeping it to yourself anymore. Shout it from the rooftops. Yeah, absolutely. And you can do that too. Yeah. You should yeah. do that too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was like, uh, my wife is, you know, she's sometimes sit there with the with the, with the silence, expecting me to to say something. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I'm thinking it. She's like, well, why aren't you saying it? You know, so know. it's uh, it is it is one of those things. I think you know, I need to work on as well. Obviously, like it gets back to what I was talking about with mental fitness and physical fitness. Like, if I decided to be physically fitter. Mm. I've got to go through a whole range of things. I've got to move. I've got to eat better. I've got to stop drinking as much grog. If you're a smoker, you're stopping smoking. Mm-hmm. Same thing with your mental fitness. You're not going to be able to run a marathon if you start your physical fitness you know, day two. Yeah. You work up to that. It takes six months, nine months, a year to run a marathon. Well, when you start with your mental fitness, you have to work on it. You have to train. You have to put yourself out there. You have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. Just like you have to when you start breathing heavily in, when you're at the gym or walking around the block or having a jog. It's it's exactly the same thing. So don't expect it to, to nail it in the first day. But if you keep going back and you keep practicing it, then you will eventually become more mentally fit. Mm. And that, one, that will not only help you, but it'll also help you and your crew um, because they'll look at you and go, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I love the fact that he's been open, honest and vulnerable. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that as well. And then you're building and looking after your own little community. That's, it's not easy. Anything that's worth something is not easy. Not easy. So yeah. keep having a crack at it and keep working hard and, and we'll get there. But, um, you know, if don't worry alone. Please don't worry alone, yeah. anyone listening. Tell yeah. someone if you're going through some shit because we're all going through some shit. Yeah. So you, you'll, just be a part of the, you'll just be a part of the club. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Sorry about my language. Oh, hey, that's all right. That's that, that's all good. <laughs> it's just colourful, you know? Okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's real. Yeah, it is. it is. That's what we're talking about, being real, open, honest. Um, and, you know, I've got I've got no problem with that. Um, thank you again, mate. I, you know, it has just been amazing to talk to you, really. And thank you for making the time. Um, I love everything you've done and I, I love everything you're doing. And you're just such a great ambassador. Oh. That's very kind. Thanks for your kind words. Thanks so much for coming on. Anytime. You just let me know. And uh, it's been lovely chatting to you. And uh, if anyone who's listening has got any questions, I've got all my socials there. I get about a thousand messages a day, so I'll get to you eventually. (laughs) But um, hopefully I've given you some tips that might make you a bit more mentally tough and uh, and, and, and physically fit as well, hopefully. Absolutely. You have, Gus. Gus Wallen, thank you so much for being on on the Mentel podcast. Good on you, mate. Gus Warland, what a legend he is. Like I said at the beginning, he wears his heart on his sleeve and you can hear just how important it is to him that we make some headway in Australia in better supporting blokes with their mental health. We've lived for too long with detrimental stereotypes and change is long overdue. 
So huge props to Garth for all the work he's doing. If you or someone you know might benefit from Gotcha for Life's amazing work, or you'd like to offer your support, head to gotchaforlife.org. That's gotcha with the number four, life.org. On the next episode of Mentel, I'll have the privilege of chatting to Genevieve Bailey, the director and producer of the amazing Aussie documentary, Happy Sad Man. I might be happy, I might be sad, I could be quite good and I could be quite mad. I'm so bent that I'm straight, so straight that I'm bent. I'm a travelling circus in search of a pen. The film is a portrayal of five very different Aussie men exploring their emotional selves. The vulnerability of the men in the film is really inspiring as they talk about their hopes, anxieties, joy and pain. So it can be confronting for some people to hear people talking about this sort of stuff, but I thought, hang on a minute, we need to see more of this. We need to see more examples of men talking about their inner world and their emotions and their feelings and their ups and downs because it's something we don't see enough of and hear enough of, I think. So make sure you check it out. Speak to you next time. Mental is an In Your Ears podcast. Presented and produced by Ben Jenkins. Produced and edited by Charles Amston. With opening music by Nick Kingswell. And closing music by Night Radio. For more information on this and other podcasts, check out the In Your Ears podcast's Facebook page. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and spread the word. And if you or anyone you know needs help, call Lifeline on 13 11 14.